You're listening to This Must Be The Place. This is Liz Taylor of Monash University. This episode is one of the digital death trip segments where we investigate geographically themed tragedies selected at random from the National Library of Australia's Trove archive of digitised historical newspapers. The digital death trip bot is custom coded by Sarah, whose voice you'll hear. You'll also hear the voices of Nicole and Juliet, who's nine, and who came along on a field trip. Because I collected too much information, this digital death trip podcast about tragedies in Pyramid Hill and East Malvern and strange connections between them is in three parts. So this is the first episode of three. Okay, let's see. Here is my random tragedy from Pyramid Hill. Year, 1906. Headline, The Triple Tragedy, Pyramid Hill Sensation. And that's the last sighting of Crystal that we've had. You are listening to another run of what we're calling Digital Death Trip, which is this code that picks articles from National Library of Australia's Trove archive, and it picks random towns and random tragedies, and then we go and investigate them. So we've run this before, and the main story we did was Tatura, and we're about to see what Digital Death Trip bot picks. Hello, this is Digital Death Trip. Today I am talking to you from a Mac operating system. Would you like to choose a town? Or would you like me to make a random selection? A random, random. selection. That's the best ones. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. Please choose a data source for me to compile town names from. I can't remember. Which one worked better? Is there a default? Uh, I will default to PTV stop. Okay, sure. Okay, please wait while I process this. I found 1,116 unique Victorian towns in I this data. My random bigger. town choice is Malvern. What do you think? Well, it's easy to get to. Yeah. So I write, uh, yes. Okay. I will now see if I can find any newspaper references to a tragedy in Malvern. Might be too many people called Malvern. Is it a thing? I now have 20 results on file. Would you like me to read a few headlines to get a sense of the tragedies in Malvern? Okay. Yes. And just for background, Malvern is a um, suburb of Melbourne, but we're also concerned that it's someone's name but it is a very a it's a very ritzy suburb of melbourne yes. b it's very easy to get to so if we do <laughs> yes i assume she doesn't know about the bits of melbourne that used to really be chadston or east melbourne yes oh, so uh article six year 1902 headline the melbourne tragedy article 12 year 1902 same year. headline the melbourne tragedy article 18 year 1902 uh, 20 articles from National Library that are Malvern tragedy, and we heard from that selection of articles that there sounds like it sounds like there's some that were in 1902 and one that was in 1888. 88. But we're going to let her from her 20 articles pick one at random, which 
Based yeah, on this could be 902, it could be another one. Yeah. And one of them was East Malvern. East Malvern. Which is yeah, funny because yeah. people in Malvern spend so much time proving... If they're in Malvern, that they're not in East Malvern. Yeah. And if they're in East Malvern, that they're not in Chadston. Yes. Okay, let's see. Here is my random tragedy from Malvern. Article 5. Date. 1902, the 13th of November. Headline. The East Malvern Tragedy. Content Preview. Melbourne, Wednesday. Arthur Muller underwent an operation for the remove A and L of fragments of the bone pressing on the brain, but tonight he succumbed to the effect. Dart. So, that was one tragedy from Malvern. Would you like me to get a copy of the whole article for you? Yes, please. Sure. I couldn't get anything from that except someone, someone called someone, Mueller. He, he succumbed to the tragedy. There's something about a crushed bone. Good luck. Thank you. Goodbye. Has she got the article She's for you? retrieving the article case file for me. Yep. And what can you see in the case file? Because uh, the case file is, you know, the whole page of that article. Mm-hmm. It's actually from a newspaper called the Goulburn Evening Penny Post. Mm-hmm. The thing that jumps out is actually an ad for something called Boomerang Whiskey. Another one called Mascot Tobacco. <laughs> it comes back to you like you've vomited <laughs> up. <laughs> Here are the headlines for this day. The eight-hour demonstrations. Oh, yeah. So the emergence of that movement. Association for Assisting Discharged Prisoners, Death of a Bank Manager. Do you think that's it? No, Wagga. That's in Wagga. Heat and Dust Storms, A Terrible Day in Victoria, Fireballs Set Fire to Buildings. Here we go. East Malvern Tragedy, Melbourne, Wednesday. The inquest concerning the tragedy at East Melbourne was formally opened today and adjourned. Arthur Mueller underwent an operation for the removal of fragments of the brain of the something pressing on the brain, but tonight he succumbed to the effect of the revolver shot in his head. So, do you want to get a really quick sense of who this person is? Yes, who's Arthur Mueller? Not Arthur Miller. Mueller. Mueller. Because I think that would sort of break my brain if he was called Arthur Miller and then just read out Death of a Bank Manager. <laughs> I'd have some weird nightmarish thing going. But, but. This is, uh, so what do we get? The Malvern Tragedy, Arthur Mueller. The mm-hmm. uh, first one comes up, the East Malvern Tragedy. Mueller shot his wife and son and then tried to kill himself. And then died later from the fragments. The last we heard, it still says Mueller still alive. Yeah, hence the thing in his brain. Yeah. What year was it? And again? this will bust your brain as well. Oh, Arthur Mueller, the author of the Malvern <gasps> tragedy, yesterday morning is still alive, but his recovery is not expected. You know, because like Death of a Salesman had like sort of like a romanticized version of this, like I'm going to kill my family thing. In Death of a Salesman, he actually just kills himself mm. at the end um, to try and help his son well, in he... a really like bizarre kind of. It seemed logical to him, but it's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying not to reveal, but I realise that I'm cornered. I, I know that death of a salesman exists. <laughs> I'll just keep pushing it, pushing it. You know, you know the bit at the end, right? I've never read it. Dad, will you let me go for God's sake? Will you take that phony dream and burn it before something happens? So for my homework, maybe I'll go and read Death of a Salesman if it is relevant. But it is excellent. Here's and the it's most. In this case, the most we're getting at this point is that this person, the murderer, was Arthur Mueller, shot his wife and child at Malvern and attempted to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Obviously, didn't die straight away. And but then later it does. It said he died. Uh, Death of Mueller, the author of the Malvern tragedy, is dead. From the first, his case was hopeless. 
1902, it's really similar to the time period of our other one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just after Federation. Very different location, though. Dip, very. So that's what I'll focus on when I go and find out a bit more. Might even be able to find the exact address, that kind of thing. Find Possibly out lived in a, a, a named location, you know, like mm-hmm. at the mansion or oh, something yeah, like yeah. that. And so I thought of... bad things didn't happen in nice suburbs. <laughs> I'm confused. I'll do homework on that. Only in East Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Okay. Clearly. Case closed. So let's, that's one for me to work on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just run another one in case it's easier. Maybe I'll try the other source this time. Hello. This is Digital Death Trip. Today I am talking to you from a Mac operating system. Would you like to choose a town? Or would you like me to make a random selection? Random, thanks. Okay, I can do that. Please choose a data source for me to compile town names mm. from. VicMap or the PTV one? Um, it defaults to PTV, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it again. Okay. Okay. Please mm. wait while I process this. I found 1,116 unique Victorian towns in this data. My random town choice is Pyramid Hill. What do you oh, think? We already Boy, know that's a grim We thing. know this. I'm, I just don't think the combination of words is going to work Okay, well. let's try another one. But just for reference, Pyramid Hill has definitely got some... Maybe I will try it. It's going to... Okay, let's see if she comes up yeah. with Okay, I will now see change. if I can find any newspaper references to a tragedy in Pyramid Hill. I now have 20 results on file. Would you like me to read a few headlines to the... get a sense of the tragedies in Pyramid Hill? Uh, okay, yes, sure. Article 2, year 1906, headline, Pyramid Hill Tragedy. Article 6, year 1906, year. headline, Pyramid Hill Tragedy. Inquest yeah. opened. Whoa. Article 7, year 1906, headline, The Triple Tragedy. Pyramid Hill Sensation. Pyramid what Hill, Thursday. Article it's the same 14, year, though. Oh, okay. Year. 1906 headline double murder and suicide the pyramid hill tragedy pyramid hill sunday shall i pick a random tragedy from this place or let me know if you would like to pick a specific Mm. article some background here it's gone the five sampled articles that it's got from from all from the same year triple tragedy murder suicide similar to the malvin one actually i almost want to hear that just because it's paralleling the malvin one um of course from that 20 it might not select yeah. the 1906 one but it's dominated by that case so you could ask for a specific article and true but we could risk that because it's interesting that it parallels yes. the Malvern one yes. isn't it and Malvern is a completely different baby. yes very different ends of the scale Pyramid Hill is a, a um, what would you describe it as a country mm-hmm. quite a remote town not quite but it's not really the malleance of getting into that Northwest Victoria. Yeah, I'm going to pick one. So I'm going to pick um, of Triple those, tragedy? Article 14 describes double murder and suicide, the pyramid. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. okay, let's see. Here is my random tragedy from Pyramid Hill. Article 11, Uh-oh. date 1906, the 15th of November. Oh. Headline, Whoops. the triple tragedy. Oh, got it Pyramid anyway. Hill sensation. The inquest this afternoon. Content preview. There was no fresh information today day in connection with the terrible tragedy jetty here yesterday can be assigned for the tragedy but it is remarked that for the past month constable lang had been dot so that was one tragedy from pyramid hill would you like me to get a copy of the whole article for you yep good luck thank you goodbye chase file chase file she also gives you a file yeah i just see that it's opened it now so here's just reading the the article 
The Triple Tragedy, Pyramid Hill Sensation, The Inquest This Afternoon, Thursday, um, 15th of November, 1906. There was no fresh information today in connection with the terrible tragedy here yesterday when Constable Oliver John Lang killed his two children and shot himself. So far, no reason... The constable did it. Yeah, the policeman did it himself. So far, no reason can be assigned for the tragedy, but it is remarked that for the past month, Constable Lang had been very despondent. He was never suspected. It was never suspected, however, that he had any intention of doing away with himself, much less slaying his children. He had been stationed here for about five years and was very popular in the district. The inquest on the bodies of the three victims is being held late this afternoon. Really similar to that other one, yeah. wasn't that also in November? But it was so uh, four years late, four years earlier. Four years earlier. And if I look at the context of the the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, one article says ostrich boas only sixty three pounds. <laughs> Case for the doctor employed. So it's stuff about union still. Slaughter man's wages a strike denied. Mm-hmm. Juvenile ball and then yeah triple triple tragedy pyramid hill is above uh, a brief message from the chief commissioner about the situation of Constable Lang, yeah. whether he'd been overworked or something like that. And then oh more on the pretty golden haired children. Jury says guilty. And then a cyclist killed. Oh, so two things modern. never changed. Yeah. yeah. And liquor laws. That's one to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is when they started the closing Other of pubs. the pubs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I actually feel like pretty yes. good lead. Yeah. We've got two tragedies to follow up on. That are quite similar. The ones from, from different parts of the world. Yeah. Oh, parts of Victoria. Victoria. So tragedy one, 1902, mm-hmm. November. Something about November. Arthur Mueller, which sounds like Arthur Miller. Or, um, author um, of his tragedy. Author of his tragedy, and on the same page it said death of a bank manager, even though that wasn't that article. So Arthur Mueller killed his wife and his child, and then he shot himself, but he didn't die for a few days. Mm-hmm. And the other one... And Melbourne is a is a suburb of Melbourne. Perhaps mm-hmm. well, so well we don't, to do. don't know much about Arthur Mueller, but mm. except he lived there. Article 2... It's been selected from a town called Pyramid Hill, and it's from November as well, 1906, so four mm-hmm. years later. And this one, the local policeman who'd been stationed there for five years, Constable Lang, has killed himself and his two children, about which we know nothing apart from the fact that he's a police. Yes, that's right. Death it's trip. very uh, wintry now. Yeah, it made, uh, when it was less wintry, the Digital Death Trip Bot Code picked two random towns. Random, random. Two random tragedies. This is where we have to battle as humans. It's not random, it just feels like. Yeah, because they end up having connections that you, mm-hmm. all of them, it feels like there's a pattern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they are random. I guess they're not random in the sense that they're both tragedies, Yeah. which means they're likely to have things in common. And they're in Victoria, which means they're not completely separated but they are randomly selected from a list of thousands of places yes yes and the two it selected were the Malvern tragedy of 1902 m-a-l-v-e-r-n right not Malden. Malden, yeah <laughs> easily confused yep. the pyramid hill tragedy of 1906 mm-hmm. so let's recap and uh, i would 
say that I've done more research on the Pyramid Hill tragedy. In fact, we had a field trip to Pyramid Hill yesterday. And the Mulgram one, I've done a bit of research, but not a lot. So we'll just briefly go through what happened in Mulgram and then talk mm-hmm, about Pyramid mm-hmm. Hill. So here was the East Mulgram tragedy. The article that the bot picked originally, so it's the 13th of November 1902. The East Mulgram tragedy, Melbourne, Wednesday. The inquest concerning the tragedy at East Malvern, that's right, whether it's Malvern or East Malvern. Inquest was opened and adjourned. Arthur Mueller underwent an operation for the removal of fragments of the bone pressing on the brain, but tonight he succumbed to the effect of the revolver shot in the head. Mm -hmm. And very briefly, the Pyramid Hill tragedy. So they both have in common, they're both men that murdered their families and themselves. Mm -hmm. And what year was the East Malvern one again, sorry? 1902. 1902, okay. And then then 1906 for Pyramid Hill. Yeah. Pyramid Hill tragedy, the triple tragedy, Pyramid Hill sensation. There was no fresh information today in connection with the terrible tragedy here yesterday when Constable Oliver John Lang killed his two children and then shot himself. Himself. So on the uh, Malvern tragedy, what happened in that case, the man killed himself, his wife, and one of his children. Mm-hmm. In the Pyramid Hill tragedy, the man killed himself and his two children, but not his wife. Mm-hmm. And We so find out why. There's a whole lot of dynastic, uh, what's the word, like soap opera detail on that one. Yep, except in soap operas, they usually uh, edit out the stuff that's just really totally disturbing and they keep the sexy stuff this is most of this is just depressing but there's sort of like characters and surprising twists and things in the Malvern one here's what i found out first of all the man was called uh, oscar arthur mueller mm-hmm. his real name is u with an umlaut and mm-hmm. spelled m-u-e-l-l-e-r here and he was german he was born in karlsruhe german Germany in 1851 and then eventually moved to Australia and he was very I suppose wealthy it's hard to say because there's an interesting thing about it. he actually had a lot of debt okay he was very uh, well to do yeah that's good too. he was well a, to do he was a merchant what was he a merchant of we have no idea said I mean in these olden days it just seems to be just a thing you were he's he buy goods and then sell them yeah he's um his merchant business was hmm. at 34 Queen Street in the city wow and not the place where he murdered his family, but his earlier residence was, was called Danacton, like house that has name, you know. Yeah. Like, that was in Mooney Ponds, so that's where he mm. initially lived. But, um, Doing merchant stuff. The house yeah. where he murdered himself and his family was called Wretcham mm-hmm. in, in Malvern. Yeah. So Is the house still there? I no. could not find out. Yep. I didn't... Uh, Maybe I didn't it's a shopping centre now. I didn't do enough. But um, he and his wife, who was called Cecile Mueller, also born in Germany... And his son, called Willie, are buried at the Melbourne General Century Cemetery, and mm-hmm. their headstone is written in German. Wow. Some sort of, I guess, details that were interesting about it. Well, he took a while to die. We knew that from Yes, the, the yes, story. he had some sort of bone fragment or something like that. Yeah. yeah. There was a bit of, um, because he tried to kill his daughter as well, but yeah. she kind of she escaped out the window. So. No way. Like something out of a movie. Yeah. She actually is fully escaped. She totally lived. And lived. Tale, yeah. Wow. She's a 12-year-old called Anna Matilda. Huh. I was trying to find out. I would have loved to have found out she went on to become like an author or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but, but she just kind of falls she's, off the map. All I know is she, she lived because two years later there was a court case involving her trying to get access to the... The property? The money. Yeah, yeah. And the money was being divvied up between mm-hmm. like his debts yeah. and the insurance. Mm-hmm. And you know, have you heard of these things where sometimes... The, uh, because the mother and the father both had life insurance policies, mm-hmm. and then 
but he's the father's life insurance, you know, like the mm. order they die in. Oh, it okay. becomes really important whether he died at, at five o'clock or six o'clock yeah, or something. Because yeah, because then it decides whether his money goes to pay his debts or goes to his wife, who then... Wow. Yeah. yeah. So Very there's grim. a whole Supreme Court of case yeah. about it. But so, amazingly, she survived. Yep. And wow. And there's a whole kind of her story here. It looks like um, the witness says, well, they, were, they also had servants, so they're obviously fairly wealthy. Yep. The servants stated that Mr. Mueller gave his children wine. This is a bit olden days, isn't it? Yeah. Wine to go to sleep after they'd been to this Athenaeum, like... Oh, the theatre. Like a cinema, an early cinema. Yeah, to, yeah. Um, said to them after the drunk, that, that wine tastes funny. So I think he was trying to give them like a, a sleeping draft or something like that. Yep. And then he, he shot them, but then it says... Um, How many children got shot? Just one. And then here's Alice's story. A bright little girl, 12 years of age, made the following statement. I went to bed at 11.30 last night, woke up 20 minutes past 4 in the morning, having heard the report of a gun. Willie called out, Father, there's a robber in the room. Oh, no. It's not a robber, it's him. I heard a shot fired and all was silent. He then came to my door and tried the handle and found it locked. He then went away. I then heard what I took to be my father talking in the bathroom. He was talking in German and English, but I could not make out what he was saying. A good while after I'd been talking in the bathroom, I heard another report of the gun. My brother Robert, Lily Jones and Ethel Walker, those two people at the servants, mm-hmm. uh, were with me in my room with the door locked. Wow. We pushed the window up, waited for someone passing, and we waved a blanket, and two men came. I said we heard some guns going up in the house, asked them to help us get out. Uh, I then climbed over the blind, got down by the ladder, and anyway, got out the back fence. Mm-hmm. And there's some other details earlier. It said... Um, like the father was tra- insisting that they definitely wanted to have some cake and wine before bed. And then it, the f- when we got to the landing, father said, do not make a noise to mother, she is asleep. Ah, oh, she might have been dead by then. Mother oh. asleep, was yeah. in his usual health. And in this case, there was, as far as describing why like mm-hmm. he did it, there was no evidence to say the state of his mind, and that was in the inquest as well. Yeah. Just talk, there was nothing... Although he seemed to have a lot of debts, he also had a lot of money, so there's no kind of uh, clear motive. Yep. So I thought that uh, an interesting feature is firstly that they're German. Yeah, bona fide Germans. Like, uh, yeah. Natural. He was naturalised, but he's Speaking in German, German while undertaking murders and stuff like that. He's yeah. also like a, the people, when the daughter went to live with some people who was the German consular to Australia, like mm-hmm. the German consul, Mr. Yep. Bree. Maybe she went back to Germany. I thought that, yeah. Yeah. Just says suffering a fit of mania. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very uh, non-comprehensive explanation. But, and yeah. there's some stuff about. Oh, they call it. They went to the cinematograph show. Wow. Yeah. You probably, if you're feeling morbidly inclined, you could probably look, figure out what they were likely to have been watching. Yeah. Yeah. Find the program. Wow, that's really this, early on cinema. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it would have been like full on like damsel being tied to the train tracks kind of yeah yeah don't even have a plot line yet and also the survivor thing like i did put a bit of effort trying to find this um daughter matilda what happened to her because i'm fascinated by like what what life would be like after you uh, went through something like that yes i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that know but we don't often hear from them no because it's probably hard for them to talk about it Mm. you know enough as it is they don't really want to broadcast it um uh-huh. But certainly in that case, like, she not only would have undergone a, a terrible experience, but then have no particular anchors around her with which to remember stuff. Yeah. Like, just not having a, 
And he's uh, back at the funeral. He's got classic tragedy language about um, when men kill the mm-hmm. family. Well, they're looking for a reason that he they did, did it. They couldn't find one, so they just said a sudden fit. Oh yeah. And then when it the newspaper is describing the funeral, mm-hmm. the hearse is drawn up alongside each other. One containing the bodies of Mrs. Mueller and her ten-year-old son, and mm. the other the remains of her unfortunate husband, touched the hearts of all with pity at the tragedy which so suddenly ruined a happy home. What? <laughs> a happy home? He killed them all. It's an abstracting in a way, like something happened to him, a fit which then ruined their home and he's yeah. a victim of it as well. It's definitely then fitting that, like, because when you said that, like, they were hiding in the bedroom and stuff, it sounded like The Shining. And then that also fits with the, the storyline to The Shining. It's like this thing, you know, that, inha- that just descends upon them, you know, from the outside, um, a fit yeah. of mania. Red rum, red rum. 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 So that's the Malvern tragedy. It's annoying. Do they get buried together? It's irritating. Yeah, they're all buried together. God and damn it! It's written in German. Feels um, like it'd be a good project to just. It, um, undertake to try and separate these things. Uh, here, oh, actually, I won't embarrass, but I've got the headstone transcription here in German. Basically, you know, who they, who they all are together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, don't know what happened to the daughter, but that would be, for those with more time and uh, devotion, be interesting to, to dig that up. I have a, like, you know, it's absolutely not difficult to read into it, like, sort of sadly obvious interest in when you find out that, like, there was someone that had a a terrible experience. It's really lovely when you you find out. And then later, they went and did something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah they had she went on to become a renowned horse breeder or something I like that. To find something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, it's, and quite possibly she did. It's just yeah, you know, it's not on the historical trail, record. It's yeah, immediately uh, accessible to to me. And then moving on to the the larger, the one I spent more time on. Uh, Pyramid Hill. There are some, as I mentioned before, some strange overlaps, even though they're, they're both murderous men, mm-hmm. but they Tragedies, are completely yeah. separate. Yeah, different towns. Tiny little bit of connection. Mm-hmm. And the two randomly chosen towns turn out to yeah. seem not that random. And they're very far away from each other. So in Pyramid Hill, man kills his two daughters and himself. And he is, so the other guy, the East Melbourne guy, is a, a, a a merchant, a mm-hmm. wealthy German merchant. Oh, I thought only working class people did domestic violence. Oh, he had a fit. Um, <laughs> oh, a fit of mania, right. So in this case, I got a little bit more information. I read the inquest, mm-hmm. um, did a bit of research on the, the ancestry sites and things like that as well. What can I say about this? So Pyramid Hill, we went there yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's a town, it's between Bendigo and Swan Hill. It's in a very flat the uh, floodplain, yeah. floodplain area that has still has swamps, and mm-hmm. it was originally the region that's in. Um, obviously, indigenous people live there, but the first frontier settlers that displaced them were stationed, like yeah, eighteen seventies. Yeah, and Major Mitchell went through there in the very, very early on eighteen thirties. And that's funny. With so Major Mitchell came through in eighteen thirties, and I couldn't find specific accounts of frontier. Uh, violence or massacres in the area, but assuming that happened. Mm-hmm. It says that in the cow swamp nearby, it suggests native people have lived in the area between twenty and 50,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it just, there's some information on some of the um, well-known local um, people that lived there before. But Mitchell called it paradise. 
uh, because it was so green and huh. wet. And, yeah. And the town actually still has a little, like, on some of their signs it says Major Mitchell's Vision. Yeah, I saw a bit of Major Mitchell action when I was walking around town. The catch is, that's what it looks like in winter. It's mm-hmm. actually really grim yeah. in winter. It's so wet. And it's really low-lying. So, yeah, it was called Duck Swamp Station, and there's still a swamp nearby called Cow Swamp. And mm-hmm. Just because it's just sort of low and, and little streams going through it. I don't know if it was always windy, but it's definitely windy yesterday. So it felt like, a, you know, a very... Obviously, Australian version, but sort of like something out of Dakota or something, yeah, which is yeah. really um, windswept and and um, not a lot of people. I saw some people furtively stepping outside and back into their houses because it was drizzling and cold and really windy. It was hard to go. Hey, I'm going down this street. No one would hear you. A- but in the in the in terms of productivity, then it's pretty good agricultural land mm-hmm. in winter. So yeah. cows up there, uh, dairying. Yeah. And um, crops and stuff like that. In summer, <laughs> it's mm. kind of a, it's just dry and really, really hot. So there's the sense that uh, people came here to realise Mitchell's vision, and then in summer it's a bit like holy crap. They couldn't ask him for a <laughs> refund, but um, I didn't sign up for this. that initial Mitchell exploration or trying to use the right language Mitchell uh, surveying of it and then the cattle stations and then in 1870s uh, there was the Land Act in Victoria was amended to what's called selector or Mm -hmm. settlement closer settlement or selector Mm -hmm. and this system was where anyone who wasn't Chinese (laughs) or Aboriginal at over 18 years of age you could just turn up grab some land and just claim land the only conditions were that you had to uh like actually work it Mm -hmm. so in a way they were trying to the intention of the land act was to open up uh, get people there are a lot of people that had a fair amount of money and ambition after the gold rush but they sort of had nothing to yeah, do yeah so the gold rush goes most of it is done by then right yeah yeah, yeah. And they're, yeah. They're left with sort of a little bit of a restless population mm-hmm. a lot of them want to have you know some kind of career or yeah and they went to the gold rush because whatever they're doing before was clearly not working for them so, so tra- yeah. the government's trying to direct this um Ambition and yeah. in the process, you know, turn over the land towards uh, yeah. productivity. Yeah. So the system was, you just, you couldn't just speculate on land, buy and sell. You had to actually work the land. Do stuff. And uh, I wonder how they inspected that. Yeah, well, that's where the police come in as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Um, At this point, I also want to just put in a recommendation for the early 1970s movie Blazing Saddles, mm-hmm. which I've seen multiple times recently. Um, it's aged quite well. It's quite dark. And it's set in the American West... But it involves some um, trying to acquire land for a railway. And at one point, the attorney general guy has this idea that he could just scare everyone out of town and get the land. And he looks up in his dictionary, land, and then it says, see, grab. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's a lot of, um, there's that backdrop to it, definitely. But, you know, they're trying to put a condition on it. Mm -hmm. And so the conditions of the 1870 Land Act were that you were required to sow one-tenth of the area with um, wheat within ten within three years yep. of taking the selection. You so could take specific. any yeah. person over the age of 18 could select 320 acres 
mm-hmm. so a large what at the time was a large farm but over time now that would be small, small yeah but you'd be doing it by hand not hand but, yeah, but we spent a lot of time clearing beasts. like says, yeah. before the country was cleared it was well stocked with kangaroos emus tiger cats native cats and wild turkeys oh that's from a history book i found about pyramid hill yeah it's from so, in other words there's plenty to eat but, but then not, they got rid of it all they, they get rid of it all excellent uh, yes. and they were required to, so selectors were also required to live on the holding for at least three months of every year mm-hmm. and after if they did that after 10 years then the, the the land was theirs. Theirs, on title. Wow. And part of the job of the police was actually to be the Crown Land Inspector. Yeah. To see that selectors were um, were, were on the land and were doing yep. their um, job. Yeah, so which is a, often a key task for police is, is administrative tasks like that. Yeah. Yep. And so 1870 opened up the area a lot, a lot, several selectors, and then they came in a bit of a rush to mm-hmm. the area. Part of the rush was the census. Pretty good agricultural land. There's going to be a railway coming through there, uh, and the town becomes a real town by sort of 1880s. The railway become comes through in 1885, and that's still a vital, it always was a vital part of Pyramid Hill, being connected by railway to Bendigo. And yeah, yeah. And, yeah, on the selectors, again, that was... Um, I like the irony, as long as they're not Chinese, because as we know, the large part of the economy in... in uh, the town now is uh, owned by Chinese people. That's right, the avatars yeah. owned by Chinese. Yeah. There's this sign out the front written in Chinese in characters and it says Aussie Meat Company, but when you use the channel, it says International Meat Company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so some of them struggled, you know, with the weather in that sort of area. It said, you, although the land was free if you met the selector uh, criteria. criteria, it says a large proportion of the original selectors failed due to lack of experience and finance because you still need finance to the wheat and to, stuff to, to yeah. actually have the machinery of, yeah. of doing the farming yeah in and the farm machinery and, and supply stores were still going in town yesterday yep. so it's still an important and it's um, an irrigation way of how it works like yes very noticeable you come into town and there's these long straight water bodies there and they were yep. cut through in the, in the mid-1880s and there's a, a monument to the irrigation trust in the town that is in fact something that major mitchell saw as being possible he said yeah, i could yeah. see some canals here not so much for transport that would be pretty Funny, weird yeah but for um for agriculture also today in pyramid hill so it's continued to be an agricultural town there was a thing actually about uh in the 1930s there was a royal commission into um the conditions of because then they had later um so in terms of land so you had selector settlement that was closer mm-hmm. settlement act that was to encourage anyone to take yeah. up a small like a yeoman sized yeah. And, yeah. and of course my main understanding of this is from the dad and dave on our selection and <laughs> <laughs> they're just sort of sitting around on their dunnies and yeah um, shooting thing. That, yeah, like, not to say that was scary, but that was a sort of vibe. It's like they were, yeah. um, they lived in sort of tin humpies. And, yes, um, yes. We're trying to make it go, but it was pretty. But it was hard. Yeah. Here we came, we had a drought. They put the bushfires out. The wind blew half the place away. Just another day on our selection. On our selection. Um, in 1932, they had a, in after World War One, there was another process of land selection or settlement. In this case, um, 
called Soldier Settlement, which is a much written a lot written about Soldier Settlement. Yes. And this is a thing where the government actually buy, bought up bought up bought mm. up a lot of land to make available to any returning soldiers. To pretty pretty raw example of the relationship between the state and the military and the economy. It's yeah. like if you go to war, we'll give you some land. Someone else's well. someone else's land, which we have sort of obtained power to give to you through military means and then you can get money from it. Yeah, yeah. and so that was also Again, they're sort of smaller properties, and often people are not experienced in yeah. farming. So there was in a royal commission or commission of some sort at Pyramid Hill in 1932 about the conditions of um, the soldier settlement areas that people were really struggling. And so they got the land, but they didn't have any other, you know, they didn't, weren't doing well in other ways. And I think to really pot the history of soldier settlement and to some extent closer settlements mm-hmm. looked at land legislation. The, not a, a good portion of the people that took up the holdings didn't uh, couldn't make a go of it. Either they got a bad selection, yep, or it was just uh, too tough. And too, often with the soldier settlement, once the land was just too small to make a living. Out. Yeah, and they had to do it uh, in isolation when that kind of work is a lot uh, more feasible if you sort of do it many hands make light work kind of stuff. And I think sort of by definition they were isolated mm. just sort of dispersed around and then just sort of meant to figure it out maybe it's also tying into just this either the genuine idea or the hope that just one dude could just make stuff work and sort of overlooking the fact that a lot of agriculture is underpinned by a lot of people families and neighbors and stuff like that yeah, yeah uh, it's a bit of the i think it's a little bit of the yeoman ideology yeah uh, independence yeah the idea of independence through property and the outcome of which is that a lot of these old selector properties um, became absorbed into larger holdings yes. that were more uh, people better financed or experienced or whatever. And nowadays in Pyramid Hill, it's still there, still an agricultural settlement. The feature of the town is that there's a, a Catholic church and a Catholic primary school and um, the Catholic Church has a sign out the front saying it's in Filipino. Every uh, last Saturday, Sunday, sorry, shows how much I know about mm. church. <laughs> the last uh, Sunday of each month, they hold the mass in Filipino. And, uh, uh, yeah, there's a, a shop, Filipino food store in town. And mm-hmm. I asked the lady at the op shop about it. She said they've you know, been there quite a while. I looked it up later. There's like 100 people from the Philippines. Living in a there. town of like 600, that's quite a, a large good proportion yeah. of it. Um, apparently they work in the piggeries mm-hmm. and the chicken farm and the, the hazel, hazel, what's it called? Hazel, hazel Deans, yeah. So I get it mixed up with the coal mine thing. What's that? Hazel Wood. Hazel yeah, so Hazel Dean Chickens Town does seem to be fairly aging in other respects. The big quote when we were looking in the op shop mm-hmm. was it's very easy to get parking in Pyramid Hill unless there's a funeral. And there's another dude just making small talk saying, Oh, it was a big funeral the other day, wasn't it? The hallmarks of a ageing population is that the sort of main activity, the main things happening in town were people passing away. DVD, beavers. Cool. Isn't that a pig? Oh, it's a cat. Yeah. Pig Down cat. there they have a, a Filipino grocery store. Oh, I think there's a pattern happening here. I think I want to buy this. Thing. I think I want it to be purchased. It needs to go on the... Mm. There, are, there are also two little birds that are like, like a salt and pepper shaker. This right. one caught my eye the most. And we just heard there was a big funeral in town the other day. Mm. Mm.
Yeah, and this goes into the slightly spooky aspect of Kiburin Healers. So the main industries, you could call them agriculture, but I would call them... Agribusiness. Meat. Machinery. <laughs> yeah. Machinery of uh, meat. Or I, I would call it, add to that, call it female factory. Yeah. It's always about like... Uh, cows. Cows and, and cows, babies and chickens, and eggs. And there was and a case yeah. a few years ago where a puppy farm in Kiburin yeah. Hills... Yeah, again, about reproduction. Down, yeah, so about... So that's big business there. And I think even the abattoir, which we had the photo out, out the front, my understanding of that abattoir is that it, it processes spent dairy cows. You immediately notice that there's dairying going on there. And I'm pretty sure when the cow is done with the dairying, I'm pretty sure they don't just let her lie down in the marsher and, and um, no, it becomes yeah, pet food. Yeah. The RSPCA cracked down on the puppy farm, I guess because we have different standards for dogs, mm-hmm. but, um, essentially the same conditions for uh, other animals. So that gives it a spooky aspect. The other spooky aspect, which I'm trying not to delve into too much, is that my knowledge of Pyramid Hill and the first time I went there was was partly through becoming aware of this unsolved murder in the town. Yeah, and because of that, I'll let you describe that mm. murder, but because I had become aware of this unsolved murder as well, I went up to Pyramid Hill yesterday fully expecting to see everything about it visibly, obviously creepy, you know, just weird stuff and people glaring and and things being just all odd. But I think what I noticed was that it was almost like a conscious effort to move, again, I'm using corporate language, to undo that. Like I was really noticing the absence of litter. Someone was cleaning up litter, cleaning up graffiti, um, you know, the, the businesses were doing pretty well and like the community facilities, like the playground and stuff, you're kind of expecting them to be all sad sack and stuff because the place is just weird. But I felt like there was a conscious like effort of people there to go, no, we want it to be a little bit less creepy than that. And I even noticed um, that uh, someone who looked like, I assume was just a volunteer, came in and cleaned the toilets, like mm. the public toilets. Like that's pretty high. And when was Juliet born? Um, 2010. Oh, yeah. This was 2009. Yeah, so similar sort of era. So it's not like the distant past, but I'll let you explain that murder. But I was, I had prepped, I don't think Nicole had thought about it as much. And she, when I was asking Nicole about what she thought about town, she just kept saying, I find this place creepy. Yeah, so so it was in there. It's pretty hard not to find, especially with the windswept aspect and some of the, like the butcher shop had lots of funny signs out the front that looked very butchery and there was a, at least a couple of houses that had the classic nightmarish number of old cars and and, um, and yeah, stuff, yeah just um that sort of accumulation of stuff that is symptomatic of um lives not quite um on track in and the that, 21st century yeah, yeah you had to say, like i had to keep remembering that like it was friday it was sort of like uh, it didn't felt like nothing. No timeline ever existed. Yeah, there was no time. I I completely You've been lost here forever, track. and you will never leave. Yeah, <laughs> that feeling. It always felt, and every time um, the coal started the car and stuff, I'm like, I hope it starts. <laughs> <laughs> you could have got there is yeah. a train. That's a good feature of experiment. Allows the train, you know, you can get yeah. in and out. So I was aware of that because I thought because Liz and Nicole went off somewhere else. Mm. I was like, oh, if they if they go somewhere and they get stuck. Now the trains at two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so keep I was totally that. aware of that. I was like, you know, as much as everything was, was, was nice in some ways, you absolutely had an escape plan because you felt like it could just happen and it would feel almost normal that you would just get stuck there and get sort of um, caught up in something that, that's very hard to, to um, feel cheerful with. 
Yeah. So just on on the current tragedy in Pyramid Hill. The the more recent one. Yeah, yeah. it's Fraser. grim as very yeah. grim. Yeah. So Crystal Fraser um, was very heavily pregnant. She was 23, and I think literally had been in hospital hours before, ready to give birth. Wow. And then she checked herself out in Bendigo. She got the train back and forth between Bendigo and Pyramid Hill. Mm-hmm. She was heavily pregnant. She came back, and then she disappeared. They never found her body. There's a sense that. Oh, an important part of that is that she had an intellectual disability. Yeah, she says the mental age of a 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, had a life. It was obviously, you know, had some challenges as well. And she disappeared, never found a body. And there's some stuff here interesting that does connect through to the current tragedy. Like, someone was actually questioned this year, so 10 Mm -hmm. years later. But they didn't, you know... Press charges. It says Fairfax recorded in 2012 that locals reckon there's a pri- there is a prime suspect mm-hmm. that did not name him. But they can't get him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's definitely out of character for a disappearance. Obviously, she was so pregnant as well. Ever, all the detectives believe she met with foul play. And one of the initial... Um, there's a, quite a large reward for information. Mm-hmm. The police say they believe some somebody knows something more. And in fact, the first article I read about it was saying that the policeman... Either the detective or the local policeman were saying they're pretty sure that everybody knows who did it. They're just not saying. Yeah, so and that puts a different really edge to the town. Creepy. Yeah, and to co- to clarify what's happened, uh, intellectually disabled woman. Someone has had a relationship with her. Um, she's pregnant and she disappears and is almost certainly murdered, and no one says anything. That's pretty grim, I think. Yeah. And the yeah. um, theory, although they can't say for sure, the theory is that the person that murdered her was the father of the child. Mm-hmm. We don't actually know. It's a, it <coughs> seems like a reasonable theory. Yep. It's quite possible that the father of the unborn child is responsible in this case. On the night she disappeared, Crystal arrived back in Pyramid Hill on a train at 8.40pm. She was last seen at a friend's house an hour later. And that's the last sighting of Crystal that we've had. You reckon well, it's a ghost town, Julia? There's people here, though, but I guess it has ghosts. Good luck. Thank you. episode one of three of this set of digital death trip installments of this must be the place in the next episode we'll return to 1906 to the pyramid hill tragedy and hear more about constable lang